This is Photo Work. I'm Mylon. We got Shannon here. Hello. Uh, today we interview Kayla Varley. She's an LA-based photographer, kind of. Kind of. Fashion uh, and advertising. Fashion and advertising, yeah, yeah, with clients such as Special K, Grey Goose, and Playboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're talking with her about what it's like living in LA but having two photo reps, one in New York City and one in London, and how she balances all that. Plus, she talks about how she's able to get such emotion in her images, which was one of my favorite parts of the interview. Yeah, so enjoy. Like, oh, hi, Kayla. Hi. Well, do it. Nice to meet you and have you on our show. Yeah. I'm um, going to start you off with, you know, whatever our favorite question is, how okay. did you get started in advertising and fashion photography? Um, well, I started shooting when I was, like, 13 years old, but it wasn't, like, good work at all. It was just, like really bad like self-portraits and things and photos of my friends um but I went to school around the age of 18 I started going to art center in Pasadena it's, it's like where are we at? we're in Silver Lake now mm-hmm. it's probably like 20-30 minutes from here and um I went there for about a year and I said fuck this sorry can I cuss <laughs> yes okay I said fuck this I can't deal with like the just like how rigorous and how like strict the the course was so I said I'm just gonna try and do this on my own um that was when I was 18 and by 20 I started getting hired by um like little surfy skate brands um but it really I think it comes down to social media mm-hmm. and Instagram and Pinterest and Tumblr and Flickr um all of those websites and my work being tagged with like whatever people are looking for that's how people found me um and then from there it just kind of snowballed so I think really if without the internet and without social media right now, I would not be doing what I'm doing with my job and my career. Um, so yeah, I guess social media was like the help, the, the driving force behind all of it. That's cool. That's yeah. Crazy. yeah. <laughs> really positive message for social media. I don't have a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Instagram and social media. <laughs> I think that's really empowering for a lot of people because um it seems really daunting to get into the industry and having that is like a big doorway yeah it's great because uh creative directors art directors brands they can all see your work whereas before instagram was so popular like you couldn't as a young person get your work seen by those people and now there's so many young artists that are given these crazy opportunities um there's that one photographer named tyler i forget what his last name is but he shot the cover of beyonce oh yeah and he's super young he's like maybe 18 years Mm -hmm. old and without the internet and without that exposure like he would not be doing that and it's great because um there's just way more opportunity these days Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's awesome how did you get to la you started small town yeah grew up in bakersfield super small town um like most of my friends were uh having babies and getting married when i was leaving um, I, my dad was really supportive. He was a photographer as well when he was younger, not like a amazing, but like a hobby photographer. And he gave me little assignments to do and was like trying to help me like push along. Um, and then one day he took me to art center and he like gave me a tour of the campus with one of the teachers or professors. And I fell in love because like Bakersfield is so small. It's, there's nothing happening at all. And I saw this huge city. I saw LA and the campus was just so beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, I can do so many great things here. I can escape. Um, and then we kind of just like set the ball or we, we set things in place and um, got the ball rolling and got like scholarships and like loans. And then we just made it happen. 
I think my dad went into some debt um, just to help me do it, but it was great. And without my dad, I don't think I would be here either. Like he, he's been so supportive. My whole family's been supportive, but him especially. He just wanted to see me be an artist and grow, and I don't think a lot of young people have that opportunity. So it's a huge privilege. <laughs> oh my god, that's my really heart's yeah. so grateful hearing that story. <laughs> oh my god, don't cry. <laughs> like, so impactful. I'm a daddy's girl, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. Love my dad too. So yeah, he's the best. I love it. It was nice to have support like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like I said, a lot of people don't have that, and I feel very lucky to you know just have supportive people in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to make me cry <laughs> just looking at me. She's like, I'm welling up. I'm welling up. <laughs> <laughs> You're me too. Me too. <laughs> You're sensitive too. We know. I know. I'm, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> but it's nice to meet other creatives and artists like you that have a small town or even like a country kind of background. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't get that a lot. Yeah. I, I'm like not a city girl at heart. I love living in the city but I'm not from there like Mm -hmm. I'm from such a small town Mm -hmm. Um, which is probably why I like the city now because I think if I had grown up in the city I would probably feel the opposite opposite. yeah Yeah. um but yeah I know but going home it's it's so weird to see everything like my grandma and grandpa had a huge farm Mm -hmm. and like stables and just like a garden and here that like doesn't happen and it's a totally different lifestyle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's why I like LA because it's so different from what I grew up to. Yeah. Did yeah. it take you some time to adjust? Definitely. I feel like, so let's see, I moved here in 2010, probably in 2015 did I feel like I was like comfortable here mm-hmm. and I still feel like I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I probably will feel that for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it hasn't been, it, it wasn't easy. It's not ever going to be easy but I think I just have gotten better at feeling comfortable and feeling like finding a sense of calm here um and like having a support system my my fiance like having the dogs and we just got a house earlier this year as well oh so gosh, we have thanks we have like a, a nice home base where I can like feel comfort um because mm-hmm. living and working here can feel a little stressful also traveling so much can feel stressful but when I come home like we got our dogs we got the house we've got like our little things and it's like yeah. it's just great it's so nice <laughs> i'm a homebody <laughs> you're bouncing back between london and yes here a lot right i've been working in london a lot there's a huge advertising market there that people wouldn't realize it's not even that i'm shooting fashion over there like which is the majority of what people would assume mm-hmm. because when you think london you think um editorial or like uh, European style fashion, but I'm going over there shooting Nestle. Mm -hmm. I'm going over there shooting Kellogg's Special K. I just did a Grey Goose. I directed a Grey Goose commercial and shot stills. Mm -hmm. And then in January, we might be doing a Unilever project, Mm -hmm. which is a Unilever makes like Dove Mm -hmm. and all those other little mini brands. Mm -hmm. Um, I love going over there. I kind of feel like I could live there at some point, Mm -hmm. but not for long because the weather is awful. Yeah, especially when you grow up in California. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. the weather's so nice here. We're just so lucky. Um, mm-hmm. London is so gray and dreary, but it's very inspiring there. Um, people are all really, really nice. Um, I I love the accents. I love how everything just feels really proper and like clean. And I don't know, it's just a different energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna? Oh. Um. Gray, Gro- Gray Goose, wow. <laughs> Gray Goose, you uh, 
heard you directed the video. Yes. But you also shot stills? I did. Was that simultaneous? It was not at the exact same time, but it was on the same project, shooting like uh, shooting a couple of shots on, or directing a couple of shots of motion, and then taking like a 10 minute break to do 10 minutes of stills, where I like literally had no time. We had to like set up and shoot within 10 minutes, and it's always stressful like that when you're shooting alongside motion. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm on a job where I'm not doing the directing piece and I'm doing stills, like I have very little time. Um, which is great in my circumstance because I shoot fast already. Like mm -hmm. I tend to just kind of fire off shots and like continuously move around mm -hmm. and find my angles. Um, but yeah, it's a challenge. It's very hard to switch between the two because it's two totally different mindsets. Um, and you have to like only focus on what's happening in front of you. And you can't think about the fact that you were just directing while you're shooting stills because you'll just get all, all messed up in your head. But yeah, yeah it's, it's challenging. So for that, did you set up different lighting between still and uh, yes? Motion? So it's it's kind of interesting. We'll hire like we'll hire a lighting technician to do the the video piece, the motion piece, and then we'll have that same person set up the lighting for the stills. So ideally, it would be set up in a way where you could like just put in the people and shoot the stills already as is so that the lighting doesn't have to come down. Um, but at times, obviously, you have to move some things around. Um, and then you have to have separate digital techs. So a DIT for your video crew and then a digital tech for your stills stuff. And it's a lot of different people moving parts. But <clears throat> we have a great crew in London, and I feel like I'm very confident in what I uh, – and what I need from them, I can just like say, oh, we want this to be this this certain way and they'll do it in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, great, easy. Wow. And then I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. So it's very like, I just, I feel like things are very taken care of there. Like I'm really confident with my crew. For whatever reason, London's really turned out to be great for me. That's really interesting, the yeah. two different markets. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. Mm -hmm. um, the European market is so different to the American sort of market that my US agent has tried to pitch me out as. It's it's funny, like, the books we have made in Europe are, how do I say? They're more tailored towards a global eye, um, whereas here there's a lot more of like a California aesthetic where it's like smiles and like sun. Mm -hmm. Over there, because they're not surrounded by that, they don't want to see that as much. They want to see a little bit more of a real life um, sort of eye, at least when we're talking about advertising. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's different. We have two different entirely books, or two entirely different books here mm -hmm. um, compared to over there, which is really, I don't know why that is. I guess it's just a different type of person that's buying things there. We They're different to Americans. Yeah, maybe they don't want to remind you of the sun here. <laughs> yeah, like, because they're jealous or something. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Really <laughs> no, but it is kind of interesting that uh, we're kind of so niche here, and yeah. and they have like you said more like a global or broader yeah. look. Yeah, they want it to seem um, like it could be sold to any different per any type of person, mm -hmm. not just like a, a California person mm -hmm. or uh, a sunny, bright feeling. They don't always want that. Yeah, which is a lot of what I shoot. So I do. I have to be strategic in what we use. Um, and also how I approach things. So mm -hmm. it's definitely two different minds. 
So they have the books there. Are they showing them on your behalf, or do you um, do they have like Skype meetings with you, or how does that work? Um, it depends. So when I go over there, we always make time to do portfolio meetings. Um, but they have my books there. When I'm not there, they're doing portfolio meetings on their own with the ad agencies. <clears throat> and then um, just this morning, I did a Google Hangout where I'm face to face with a creative on a project coming up, and. Sometimes it's just a call where you're just on the phone, but it's great to be able to see somebody and speak to them, um, you know, face to face, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, that way they can kind of get a sense of who I am and like what I'm like as a person and not just hearing my voice. Um, but yeah, typically, typically I like to go in if I can in person with a book because it's always better. Because mm -hmm. then you can see me and talk to yeah. me and yeah. laugh with me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, what are your tips for having a very successful portfolio meeting? Um, do your research. Uh, do some homework on the company or brand you're meeting with and the person that you're meeting with. See where they've come from. Like maybe do a little bit of like online stalking quickly. Like not stalking, but go on LinkedIn and see where they've worked, see what they're into. Um, I know that most people might think that's a little bit like excessive, but I like to have as much info as I can about people because um, then you can kind of use that to your advantage. Um, find ways to talk about your work when they're looking at the pictures and there's like a little bit of silence because that can always feel awkward and the way to make the awkwardness not feel so bad is to just talk about the photos and find like an interesting backstory in a picture that you can say like, oh, well, that was like a really fun day and then just make it exciting for them to look at. Um, and just be human and try to connect on a personal level because people hate when you come in and you're just like stone cold. Yeah. And if you have that like human connection, mm -hmm. I think you'll have a better chance of a either getting hired in the future or like b just making a good impression because mm -hmm. you don't want to go into an interview just like, you know, super nervous, like try to get your jitters out. Mm -hmm. We're all nervous. I'm nervous. I'm crazy. Like I'm super anxious, but you just gotta like, just smile, be confident, just be yourself. That's kind of all I can say. <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like doing the research. That's a good idea. Definitely a good tip. Good uh, tip. The other one question I was going to just follow up with, do you still have a printed book or are you doing an iPad? Uh, no iPads. Mm -hmm. I do only printed books. Mm -hmm. And I probably, I probably waste some trees this way, but we make like four books a year, I'd say. Because wow. um, sometimes there's different revisions. They might get bad feedback. Um Last year, when we made a book in London, after meeting with several different agencies, they said, um, we need to redo this. Like, it's not working. Um, so we made another book. And then I just am about to make a new book for my agent in the States here with um, Garden Party. And uh, that one's going to be actually a lot bigger and a lot longer of a book than I've ever had. I think it's like 75 pages. But... It's going to be great. It's going to look awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think the iPads are necessarily as impactful because when you're looking at an iPad, I know we all have such a short attention spans on our mm -hmm. phones. We'll just like swipe through. Yep. You're not actually looking. And I've seen that happen before when I've tried iPad and, and the creative director, whoever you're meeting with is just like, choo, 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 and mm. it's then you're like out of there so fast. Yeah. You don't have the time to talk and connect properly. Um, and the paper, just, it's nice. Like, it's a whole, like, experience. So I definitely don't recommend iPads these days. 
don't believe what people say and like no print's dead like no it's not <laughs> no it's not <laughs> do you have a, like a super large book too like um like how big is it yeah not just, uh, not just pages but like the width or yeah i oh, was gonna um, say recommendations like it's like 11 materials. 11 by 17 mm, oh, that's 11 by 17 yeah that's my perfect size i wouldn't say any smaller because that way you can really see mm-hmm. just like um it's it's better because they can see the, the photos bigger and mm-hmm. they can really see the detail and the color properly. Um, but yeah, no, no, no smaller than that. And I mean, some people might do bigger books, but I feel like that's like the perfect size for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked over him. He had a question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no worries. <laughs> I was just wondering about even the uh, materials that you find that maybe work the best. Is it like textures? Paper or? stock, you mean? Yeah, yeah. paper um, stock, hardbound. Uh, so I like... Uh, lay flat pages so that there's not like the curl in mm-hmm. the middle they just like lay super flat and I like a matte sort of luster paper so it's it's not shiny but it's it's matte but it has like a slightly glossy finish to it it's not it's not even glossy it's matte yeah I think luster is the Le- luster is probably the right word yeah. okay um but it's, yeah it still has like a matte finish but it's really nice and I get this uh, specific um hard paper so it's uh, I think it's scratch resistant mm-hmm. And it doesn't bend really easily. It just kind of it's like lays perfectly flat when you pull it over. They're so good. And That's you can cool. find them really cheap on Shutterfly, which is who I use. You use Shutterfly? Yep. That is really good tip We're because it's very accessible <laughs> for people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, it's very cheap. They have deals going all the time. I think I have a coupon right now for half off. So I'm going to get my new book at 75 pages half off. And it's nice. not even going to be that expensive. Yep. That's, <laughs> That's great. I'm all about finding deals. Yeah. <laughs> Shutterfly. Let's sponsor Kayla, right? Yes. <laughs> Call Kayla. <laughs> but you were coming from a small town. How did you, you know, getting into this commercial industry, how did you hone your voice? Mm-hmm. Um, or even your style? Right. I would say my, my style came about just by practice and continuously shooting. Um, when I was in school, the main thing they always had us do was shoot every single day, um, whether it was shooting your breakfast or your friends or what you were doing that day. It was just a continuous, uh, to, it was to continuously practice your craft and find what you like and figure out what interests you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, um, gradually over time, you can kind of figure out, oh, like that's what my photos look like. And then all of a sudden you have like a great body of work but that takes years and years. So from the age of 13 till about 18, I was just shooting random stuff all the time. I was doing self-portraits because I was like a very depressed, anxious teenager, and it was the way I helped express myself. Um, And then I was shooting friends. Um, Like I had cute little girlfriends when I was young that I would just take into a park and we'd just take photos. And I found it to be so, um, so much fun and so fulfilling as like a young person stuck in a small town. and really, just just practice is the only way that you're going to find your voice. Um, but watch movies, watch music videos, read books. Books are amazing, and I think they're a great way to uh, help form your imagination if you're not very vivid in your head yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think like you just really have to figure out what you want, um, and that only comes with practice. So grab a camera, grab your phone, doesn't matter what kind of camera you have. If you're just taking photos and you do that for a couple of years, like at some point, you're gonna have maybe like 
30 photos that you're like, wow, these are really cool. And I like these for whatever reason. Um, because that, that's what happened to me. I, I just shot and shot and shot and shot. And then gradually I was like, wow, like there's something here. Um, and then my dad saw that as well. And he, that's when he was like, oh, I have to step in and help this because there's an artist here and there's an artist growing. Um, but yeah, just practice. That's a really lame answer, but really, <laughs> that's, that's what everybody says, but you have to practice. Otherwise, you're not going to get better. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to grow. Do you feel that shooting a bunch of stuff hurts or hinders that ability to really focus what your voice is? Um, are you talking about subjects? Just everything, yeah. You we, think, like, are you saying, do I think that... Like um, your voice more, I guess, right? Too many photographs can dilute? No, that? no. The, like landscape versus fashion versus right. portrait versus, like, architecture. Is that kind of what you mean? That's kind of what oh, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I see. Genres. Right. Well, I guess if you're shooting... Okay, so I guess if you're shooting for years and years, eventually you're bound to find something that interests you or that you keep coming to, unless you're just all over the place and you don't have a focus. But for me, it was people and their faces and a lifestyle sort of like fun, uh, energetic movement thing that just I kept gravitating towards. Um, and then once I saw what was working, what was getting a good uh, positive feedback like from Instagram and the internet, that's when I kind of just like, grabbed it and like took it Mm -hmm. so I think you have to pay attention to what you keep gravitating towards um but yes it is good to have a focus I don't know if I answered that properly but you you really it's up to you you got to find like that one thing that inspires you and makes you want to keep shooting and that's probably what will help um help you grow Mm -hmm. does that make sense (laughs) okay um what I really like that you said is that you notice a theme popping out at you yeah yeah and how long did that take until you started noticing that theme was coming back at you um let's see I think probably by the age of 20 I realized that there was like a specific style that was coming to me and that's when people started reaching out to me and saying they liked my work um and that was like great reinforcement for me to keep doing that um but I think even now, like from the age, well, I'm 26 now, I'll be 27 this month. But so in the, in the past seven years, essentially, I feel like I've grown so much from then. And now my work is changing as well. So like maybe my, maybe my focus and my voice is going to, you know, be different in three years. So mm-hmm. it's just going to keep shifting and growing with who I am as a person too. Because I think a lot as well, I started shooting when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I was shooting a lot of like young stuff and the young people around me. And now that I've gotten older, I can definitely see things have shifted and um, I'm becoming more mature in myself and my work. So that's becoming apparent as well. And that probably will keep becoming apparent as I get older. And maybe when I have kids someday, if I do, I'll shoot my kids and then I'll like get into children photography. You mm-hmm. never know. Which would be awesome, too. I feel like there's a lot of advertising clients that do kids stuff. And, yeah, I think that'd be so fun. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's an evolution. Yep, it's all an evolution. You're just going to keep growing. I mean, as long as you're shooting and practicing and paying attention to what it is you want to do, then you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't stress about it. Yeah, don't stress. That's, like, the one thing I... 
I stress out, but I always tell people, don't stress out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you get it. <laughs> I guess I was going to follow up because you were talking about style and, and that and vision and voice. Mm -hmm. Do your agents help you edit your work? How does that work? Do you do the collaboration? I think it's a collaboration for the most part. Um, up until now, I've been doing all my own editing of my own work. I've never really had someone being like, this needs to go here and this needs to go here. I do my own website edit as well. But with the books, they tend to, with the portfolios, mm -hmm. they tend to um, want to have more of a say on the flow and mm -hmm. like what things look like. So those are what, what they they edit the most. Um, my website is totally my own. Mm -hmm. um, and I would prefer to always do my own edits just because I think I know myself best, obviously. But in saying that, they are more focused on the business side of things and they know what's going to sell. So I trust them in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I love editing my work. I love finding flows and things and colors and like matching um, just like contrasts, like finding the right energy of like moving through a book is so fun to me. I always say if I wasn't a photographer or if photography didn't work out for me, that I would like maybe be an editor for people's portfolios because mm -hmm. that would be so fulfilling and fun. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it's, it, editing is really interesting because you're right. You could follow a path of like, oh, here's this emotion and theme. Yeah. Or you can, like you said, you can follow it like a color. Yeah. But there's just so many paths you can take with it. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. You can create a whole story just by putting two photos next to each other that have no correlation, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. My agent in the States here does a flow that's like story by story instead of how I like to do it where it kind of like flows in between. Hers is great because it's it feels a little bit more um, uh, like not cohesive, but uh, the stories are joined together so you can really get a sense of what the whole story looks like as a whole instead of just being photo by photo. Um, so I understand that, but if I were to do it in my own perfect world, it would be like a very beautiful emotive flow of photos that kind of speak to each other mm -hmm. with color and composition and light and all that stuff. If that makes any sense. No, <laughs> no I, I like that because what we what we've seen the most is it's by either by job or by yeah by story. Yeah. So it, that so your flow is a little bit different. It has more probably emotion. I would assume. Yeah, I love yeah I love emotion. Like mm -hmm. I'm a very emotional person, and I think. That must come across in my photographs as well. Um, but yeah, I love to find the hu the human aspect, the like, the deep down feelings. Like those in photographs are what makes or what make me excited as a person and as an artist. And I love, love just like knowing people and like getting on that level. Cause then, yeah, I don't know. Then then those magic moments happen, and mm -hmm. then you can create like really beautiful pieces of of artwork or or a book. And I don't know. It's just it's all very inspiring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're <How> inspiring. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. How do you get that emotion to come out in your shots? Is it making that personal connection with the subject? Definitely. Um, yeah, when I looked over your questions, mm -hmm. um, that was that that's exactly what I said. It's it's the emotional connection you make with a person. You get to know them, you you have to genuinely be invested in the person as well. You can't just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm like I'm connecting with you. Like, no, you got to get to know someone. And 
and move through the motions and as you're shooting like keep talking and just continually be involved with this person because one is that then you can create those like moments of like aha or the like crazy magical moments that like all of a sudden you feel like you're on drugs when you're shooting i don't Mm. know if you guys ever feel that but that's what keeps me going Mm -hmm. and that's when the magic happens and if i'm too in my head or if i'm too stressed out like i cannot shoot properly um i've had times where i try to test and i have too many things happening in my life and it just falls flat for whatever reason mostly because i'm too in my brain um but yeah the emotion happens when we connect with people and you uh, and you allow that person to just be who they are in that moment in time and they have fun and then we have fun and we're all laughing and it's just like a great time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to put into words when you have that genuine connection with your subjects and that mutual trust. Yeah, exactly. It's all trust. Yep. Mm-hmm. You really have to... The, the model has to understand that you're like about to take them on like a ride or a dance, if you will. And then they have to just give themselves to the art, um, which sounds kind of like woo woo or like <laughs> kind of silly or spiritual, but it, 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 it's very spiritual. Like they have to just let you, they have to trust that you're going to make a beautiful image in there. You have to trust that the, you're going to capture the moments properly. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're in their heads too much and then thinking about their pose or their mouth and then it's like just awkward or stiff. Mm-hmm. So it's just getting them to relax and like creating an environment that allows for some creativity and spontaneity and emotion and motion as well. Like I love movement and a lot of it too is like just directing people to do crazy shit and then they start laughing and then they do something. Maybe it's not exactly what you wanted, but then that... I keep hitting this, then that creates other little moments down the line that are totally spontaneous, which are the best moments to me because they weren't planned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I agree. <Thanks. laughs> That's what I like to yeah, we, we totally agree. Um, I, awesome. had, I had a couple questions off of that one. So okay. you're on the list. Um, have you ever had, I'm sure you have, but how, how have you dealt with someone that you couldn't connect with? Like they blocked you. They literally are, blocked me. this is, this is my job and I don't yeah. care. Um, I try my hardest even. Okay. This is kind of a funny question because Sorry. it's, no, no, it's a, it's a great question. But, um, when there's a model that doesn't want you to like see her for who she is, or there's like a block or a guard up for, for whatever reason, um, I will continually try to keep being like, conne- I'll try to connect the whole time. And then I eventually get to a point where I'm like, she's not having it and, or he's not having it. And then, um, then it makes me feel awkward and then makes me feel super silly, but I'll keep trying until the end of the shoot. And then I'm very respectful and like, thank you so much for your time. Like, I'm really happy you came over. Um, just because like, who knows like she or he could be having a terrible day or having an anxiety attack or something and if i treat them in a way where they're where they know that i know like it's so weird to think about but then then i feel like that would make them feel worse so i would just rather try my hardest and know that i tried and gave it a shot and it didn't work out mm-hmm. so i guess that yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> It's tough. It is tough. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And then you don't reciprocate. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes you makes you feel kind of like you're like, oh, did I do something wrong? But no, my images uh, for me always felt flat whenever I had that happen. Yeah. It's rare, Same but for it me. does. It's yeah. like 
Well, they're they're technically fine. Yeah, you're like, oh, the photos are great, but something was. But I don't have that connection. Yeah, personal connection. Yeah, and you can't connect with everyone. I think it's impossible to expect that you will, because not everybody's gonna like you, and that's like the one thing I have to always remember as well. Not everyone's gonna like me. Not everyone's gonna want to hire me or work with me or even be friends with me. But I don't. I I kind of don't care. Like I'll try. I'll try my hardest, but you know, it's just up to them at the end of the day. Yeah. What about with difficult creative directors? Have you ever had these? <laughs> <laughs> they exist. They, they do exist. Um, it's just like being polite as possible. Mm-hmm. You really can't do anything. They're in a position to hire you today and tomorrow and next year. So uh, do your best job that you can. Um, be polite. Say thank you. Say please. Um, just don't give them bad attitude or negative anything to think about later on whenever you're off the shoot because that will come back to bite you. I, I just can't like recommend enough being a nice person to be around. People want to hang out. And when you're shooting, you're talking a lot. Like You're not always just behind the camera. You're sharing a space with someone. If you can hang out with someone and have great conversations, then they're going to want to keep you around. Um, but yes, please don't ever be mean to the creative director or anyone on the pr- production side, like yeah. anybody from the agency either. Like, just don't be mean. Be a nice person. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Off of the getting that emotion from your subjects, how do you, what is your feedback style? Like, how do you raise their trust in you, essentially? Um, I try to never tell anyone they're doing anything wrong because that obviously will make them feel uncomfortable. I mean, most people are sensitive when you're shooting them because like, it's, it's their face and body and they're humans and we are sensitive. Um, if I see something I don't like, I don't draw attention to it. I just tell them to do something different so that they will in, in turn change what they're doing without realizing it. Um, and in that way, I feel like I'm protecting their egos a little bit. So it's really just... Uh, watching, paying attention to what they're doing on the outside of the frame, or if if something is happening that you don't want to happen, like just move your angle. Like I try to always be very like, I don't want to let them know something's wrong, never. Cause then like they're fine. Then they still think everything's all good. And then usually the situation resolves itself within a matter of a few minutes. So yelling, make your face better is not a good idea. Never. I would never do that. <laughs> I would be so mortified if, gosh. I've heard horror stories of, of photographers being mean to being models. Mean, yeah. And I just can't, I can't believe it. So, yes, just always be kind to your subjects. I mean, these, these young girls are usually, or, I mean, there's men too that you shoot, but I mostly shoot women. These women are so, um, they're so sensitive. Like they're, you know, they're modeling and usually they're not taking care of themselves as well as they could be because there is such high standards. And I just always want to be like a sister or a good friend. And a lot of the times when I'm shooting, um, I, it just feels like girlfriends hanging out and that's like the most fun to me. So just be nice to them. That's really, really the whole overarching message here is that you should just be nice. (laughs) They're actually humans. (laughs) Oh man. There's some mean photographers out there. Yeah, I'm not into that. And I don't know. I'm sure I've been like maybe mean at some point to someone, but it's just, it's a practice and you just gotta like really try to be human and like, and respectful. That's 
Thanks for joining us on Photo Work. And next time we'll continue talking with Kayla. And in that section of our interview, she talks about what it's like working on big sets with Grey Goose and Kellogg's and also how she prepares for all of that. Nice. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Photo Work. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. And what else? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend.